On September 11, 2001, terrorists uh, hijacked three planes and used them to attack the United States. In this episode, my family's going to talk about what they remember from that historic day, um, kind of what are their memories, how they felt, and what that experience meant to them. I asked my brother Joseph, who is a first responder, he's a volunteer firefighter, if he would moderate this episode. I think he has some unique perspectives, and so he does a great job with it. Joseph, can you mention that I'm a special guest, though? Yeah, I will, for sure. But do you want to, do you want to, okay, so I'm just going to kind of mention something. So being the coolest brother by far, um, I'm taking the, uh, the reins on this one. Actually, I don't, I don't think of myself as the coolest brother. That's PJ. But, um, I am the only one of us who, uh, in, in some capacity works as a first responder. So, um, not that that necessarily qualifies me to be a moderator, but (laughs) I have seen some interesting things and and uh and been and experienced you know what it's like to be involved in some scary things too so this uh episode we're going to talk about 9-11 i'm assuming we'll we'll uh there will have been an introduction but uh, obviously a very somber day very um meaningful and and horrifying day for the for the country and changed a lot of things i think in our world i mean almost three thousand people died um i looked up some information there was Obviously, then there were 19 hijackers who took over the, the airplanes that crashed into the, the Trade Center in the, the Pentagon and, and then in Virginia. And um, there were 6,000 others that were injured. So um, in the planes, there were uh, 265 people that, that um, passed away on four airplanes. Uh, none of the people involved in, that were flying in the airplanes were, uh, were able to survive the, the crashes. And so um, just a terrible, terrible day. But so uh, we just, I think uh, it'll be interesting to kind of hear the different perspectives of, of all of us as we remember the day and kind of go through some of our thoughts and emotions and maybe some of the things that changed in our lives because of it. So, um, Mom, I, I think, you know, I was able to talk to you a little bit, but I'd, I'd like you to maybe kind of kick it off for us and just tell us where you were on 9-11 um, and, and what you remember about it and, and just some of the impact that it had on you. We were here at the house. It was early in the morning, and I remember turning on the TV and seeing, you know, the images of what was happening. It, it's frightening. It was really, really frightening. I I wondered if we were going into a war, if we, the United States was being attacked. You you know, all those terrible thoughts go through your mind, and, and, and you're scared. I remember just being very, very scared. Um, I also remember, it's funny because it came to my mind, I wonder what the prophet will tell us to do. Because whatever he tells mm-hmm. us to do, we will do. You know, that thought was was real clear and was real vivid in my mind that we would we would need to hear from the prophet. Joe was the mayor here in Laramie at the time, and I know he's got, he'll, he'll go into kind of some of the stuff that he had to do for that. I think my thoughts on this were that it changed our lives forever. I, I don't think we would... For me, I would ever feel as secure as I did before that happened in my life and in travel. Um, I remember, you know, we, uh, PJ and I kind of talked about this. We could, when we sent missionaries, you guys on your missions, we would, we would put our suitcases in, we'd go right to the the gate where you were going out of and we could uh, kiss you goodbye. And and it was just, you know, everybody could go. Everybody could go. We, there were people in the family, and we all gathered, and 
<clears throat> we could all do that. And when you came home, we could all be there ready for you to just walk off the plane. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember when Sam and, and Kristen, I think too, or maybe John had their, their like layovers in Denver. We drove to Denver to see them. We, we, we all, the whole family walked right up to the gate with yeah. Jay and a bunch of people and got to, they, they came off the, we watched them come out of the plane just to hang out for a little while and watch them get back on the, the other plane. Do you remember that, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could, but, there, there just wasn't the security. You didn't have to have any of that, any of that stuff. You didn't go through any of that. It didn't take you two hours to, you know, go through and then, then go through the, what does dad call it? The something later. The, 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 it's called the, the, na- the, the naked nader. Naked later. The naked nader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> naked nader. Yeah. The hands up embarrassment machine. Yeah. Yeah. Dad could probably talk about that too. I remember one time when we were traveling, they, they wanted to pat him down and he said no (laughs) and he was getting in trouble and i finally said just let them pat you down you know he was like like, i have a bomb (laughs) yeah you say that you are going to get arrested but you know you almost feel like you're a terrorist just because of the way you're treated and that was all due to 9-11 that's the world that we live in now and, and we just didn't used to have to do that we, one of the first trips Dad and I took, we <clears throat> went with Melaleuca and we uh, got to New York and Frank Vanderson said, I'm going to give you $100, go get in a cab and just see New York. So we were traveling around in this cab and, and it got late and it got, uh, you know, it was bumper to bumper cars and we thought we're not going to make it back. And so this taxi literally went up on sidewalks and we got to the airport probably with maybe 10 minutes to go popped out of the cab, paid him, and literally ran through the airport. And luckily, you know, we ran right to the gate. And Frank Vandersloot was waiting for us, and we could get on. That would never, never happen today. That just, that just wouldn't happen. So that's kind of yeah. my take. It was, you know, it's a black mark on our country. It was a horrible thing that happened, and it started um, a series of, of not feeling safe anywhere you are. And that's just a, that's a sad way to live, but that's our life now. So right. and that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, good stuff. Sam, let's, let's hear kind of your experience next. Where were you? What do you, what do you remember about it? And what sure. were your thoughts in terms of just kind of response? Yeah. You know, it's interesting listening to mom. Uh, you know, mom, we grew up uh, Cold War kids, um, John and Kristen and I. I don't know, but you, you know, you talk about not feeling safe. And, and I remember, I remember being worried that like there would be a nuclear attack and we would do like drills yeah. and, and you know, this is, this is when we were in an arms race. And, and so, I mean, I, I think, yeah. you know, we were scared for different reasons maybe, but yeah, that was very closer to home, um, you know, when that happened. But, um, and I also wonder, as I'm t- listening to you talk, mom, I'm wondering, um, you know, I, I'm sure they keep statistics on this, but you know, if they've averted with all these new, you know, safety requirements and regulations in place, you know, if they've been able to successfully avert like terrorist attacks, you know, somebody snuck a bomb into the, into a plane within their shoe. And so then everybody has to take off their shoes and, and, um, you know, you you, you sort of roll your eyes sometimes and think, okay, yeah, now everybody's taking off their shoes. Who's going to sneak a bomb in on their shoe and you're just inconveniencing us. But I think, you know, it, it does give you some semblance of feeling safer um, but, but yeah, I remember yeah. mom, like you said, after it happened, I mean, there was a lot, you, you, I mean, I remember, and I didn't, I don't know that I flew, you know, much at that time. Um, but anyway, um, 
I, uh, so I was in law school. I was in my second year of law school and I would go into, er, into school early um, <clears throat> sometimes and just get read for class or whatever or do, you know, get, get ready. And I was down in the basement of the law school and there was a janitor that was always there early in the morning. And he's always like listening to his radio. He had like a headset where he'd listen to the radio. And I'd talk to him sometimes. And I was like, he and I were the only ones down in the basement. <clears throat> and he comes up to me with like this sort of like look on his face. And he's like, he's like, I think this is a joke, but there, somebody said that a plane just ran into like a building into the Twin Towers in, in New York. And I was like, what? And, and he's like, yeah, he's like, and so immediately I had my computer and I like tried to log in and I think I was able to get through and see something. And then it like shut down and, and like all like internet communication was like stalled out because everybody was trying to get on at that point. Um, but I remember uh, he was listening to the radio and he was giving me sort of this play by play. And he's like, he's like, no, this is real. Another plane just hit, uh, uh, you know, hit this building and, uh, and he's like, and they're saying there are other planes and they're, and, uh, we were just sort of in this, you know, surreal. And that word is probably overused, but to have something like that happening, yeah. you're just, what, what's yeah. going on? And, um, and then, <clears throat> you know, that day we had class, we, we were supposed to have class, but it was, it was very real. I mean, the, the news was coming through, people could see that this is, was actually happening. And, and, uh, I remember, you know, sitting with, in one of my classes, it was like my first class of the day and the teacher coming in and everybody was just sort of in shock. I mean that this yeah. was, nobody yeah. knew quite what to say or how to react or, or whatever. And some people, you know, knew people that lived in New York and were worried about their safety and wanting to find out. And so we canceled class for, I think a couple of days. Um, but you know, it, it does, it just, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll all sort of say the same thing. It, it makes you sort of look at your life. It makes you look, think, think about things differently and, and there is that feeling of, you know, we're, we're not as maybe as safe as we thought we were if something like this can happen. So, um, you remember, like, I remember thinking it's just an accident. You know, this is just the, 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 something weird happened and the plane crashed in the tower is just an accident. Right. I mean, I, do you remember having any of that thought? Because obviously shortly thereafter you knew it wasn't because then a second plane crashed. And well, that like, was sort of like a, whoa, this is not an accident. Yeah. And this is my, my first thought was this is like a fighter jet or something that had crashed in the building. I thought somebody had, you know, <laughs> like an attack like that. The fact that it was a commercial <laughs> airline full of people, I mean, that, right. you know, that changed the... Well, and I, the other thing, you guys, I, I think we lived in a country where we never in our wildest imaginations would have ever thought anybody could do that to us. Yeah. I mean, we're in this, we live in this nation. That's just not going to happen. And it did mm -hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah. It was horrible, but, but you know, there was a coordination and, and, and just, you know, the, the planning and, and thought process that went into a terrible, but at the same time, pretty incredible that they could coordinate that and, and make that happen all in that one day. And, and, you know, obviously there's heroes that, that took over the plane and, and it was Virginia, right? That they just wrecked it into the ground instead of into yeah. Um, yeah. their target. But, you know, pretty, pretty amazing. Anything else you, that you, you were thinking, Sam, or wanted to add before? No, I want to hear, hear from others. I want to hear where other people were. Okay, so at John's special request, I, I'm introducing him as a, as a special guest. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. On this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, yeah, <laughs> John. but no, John, tell us your response or um, some thoughts you have. Yeah, I actually have no recollection of that day or any day prior to that. I I don't know who I was or. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> John was actually in a terrorist cell. I remember getting waterboarded in that bad. Not much. Or before that. No, I I just been I just got married like two months prior to that. And we lived in this little tiny like hallway apartment. And uh wow. I had gotten up early and was watching the news and saw that a plane had hit the World Trade Center and, and I immediately called my dad and uh I said, Yeah, apparently a plane just like ran into the World Trade Center, and my dad said, "It's terrorists." It's Osama bin Laden. That's what he said. That was his first reaction. Are you serious? Yeah, and I I remember my first reaction was like oh, Sam. God. I was like, "Like what happened? This has got to be some kind of accident." But he said immediately, "It's Osama bin Laden." So, <clears throat> and then the rest of the day, yeah, it was just like I went to class, and there was just people staring at TVs all day long. It was before we had cell phones, really. So. It was just like people yeah. kind of in zombie mode staring at TVs all day. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, know, sure they didn't really know what to, whether to go to class or, you know, what to do. Sorry, PJ, were you saying something? Sorry, I, did, I was going to say, didn't the president consult with dad as the mayor of Laramie? To, <laughs> yeah. he, was in, he was in the inner circle. That was his first He call. probably told you that, PJ. Yeah. But, <laughs> He's got a call from the president. He's like, PJ, I just got off the phone with President Bush. I'll ask him. I'll, I'll, he wants to get my thoughts on what to do about I'll Osama bin Laden. That when we have that on, we'll see what the, what the real story Can I just add something? Sorry, yeah. sorry, Joe. Can I just add something? We, we have this weird convention in our family where we call mom and dad my dad and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking to our siblings. Just for the record, dad, the dad John was calling my dad is all of our dad. <laughs> um, so... I like it, Sam. So I like to be called my mom and my dad. So. Well, he said okay. he said I'm uh, his son from his first marriage, so that's why I say my dad. <laughs> that's right. And the rest of us are from that's his second marriage. <laughs> John, do you remember what where you were? I don't remember if you said like actually where you were when you first found out. Yeah, I was just at home in this little tiny apartment. Um, oh, that's right, just at home. Yep. And so I woke up, Marcella, and. Like I, the first thing I did is called dad, called my dad. Yeah. <laughs> that was just my natural reaction to seeing something so like terrifying and traumatic. Yeah. I think that's kind of it neat was, that you felt like you could call dad too and talk to him about <laughs> it. I think that's pretty cool. Last time I ever talked to him, I, I just did. needed to know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> When terrible things happen, John told Dad, that's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, so PJ, I think you're kind of next up. Tell, tell us your responses where you were. And so I actually had a pretty unique experience um, on September 11th because I was in South America on my mission. Oh, that's right. And uh, oh. September 11th, there is also a kind of a – an interesting day as well because they have national riots. It's the day that they had the coup d'etat where Allende, um, the president of Chile, was killed by Pinochet, the, one of the generals. And so every September 11th, people go out into the streets and riot. And so um, I had just gotten a new companion. He had been in Chile like four days. And so I was training him. And we go to a, a class with the president of the mission. And we're sitting down ready to to get this class and the president gets a phone call on his cell phone. He steps out and he comes back into this little chapel in, uh, um, 
in Santiago and Lo Prado was, was the area. And uh, he comes back and he says, you know, those two towers in New York, uh, they don't exist anymore. And he said, you wow. need to go home and just, and just go to your apartment. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't really just know the United States is under attack. And so oh we, we walk home and, and it, like I said, in, in Santiago, it's an interesting time as well because they, they riot every September 11th. And so I've got this companion, can't speak Spanish. He's been there four oh, days. We're sitting up in our third oh, story apartment and this apartment we can kind of see over the city. And what you see is, is every once in a while I see this explosion. And so the Chileans would take chains and throw them over the power lines and then the, the uh, um, power, uh, what are they called? boxes they'd explode and then power would go yeah. out in that part of the city so we're watching there's an explosion power goes down in that part there's a we go behind us and there's an explosion and then the third one all the power goes out in our apartment and we down below us there are these like literal hey. tanks driving by and police all over the place and people and were you know rioting it was, it was fairly calm on our street but you could see a couple blocks down and you can see the tanks driving by and the police go flying by. And so we're sitting in this third story apartment in, in South America watching a, a battle outside thinking the United States is under attack. Um, and, but you know, you, I really think as a missionary, I never felt unsafe or worried. Hmm. It's, it's one of those, I don't know. It's one of those, I don't know if it's just the naivete. <laughs> is that a word? you know yeah i think so a missionary or, or the spirit um but we yeah. yeah so i we spent the rest of that night in in our apartment um no power the next day we went <clears throat> work uh, i actually never saw a video or picture or anything of, of september 11th until i got home after my mission and mom and dad had a, a newspaper like under their bed hidden and that was the first time i ever saw anything the only time i heard anything about it other than that was we went to our mamita's house and she was like crying because they were playing audio of the people on the planes calling their, their family. And she, she was crying about that. Yeah. So that was the only real, um, I guess the only time I, I heard or saw anything about what had happened in the United States. And so it was, it was, you know, it was just strange. It was strange, especially coming back and seeing, you know, what I, I kind of, I was like John, I, I fell asleep and, and slips don't remember anything of that day other than, you know, what was happening in Santiago and the, and the riots they were having. Yeah. So it was, it was strange. PJ, did you think that the United States was being attacked? Did that scare you at all? So that's what they had said, but it didn't, I was never scared. I was never afraid. Okay. I was never, which is strange because yeah. you know, you're in South America, 3000 miles away from home. And, but I was never, yeah. no, I was never afraid. Um, and they never let you call home either. Did they? No. No, we never called home. We, we called home on Christmas, and by then things had settled down a little bit. Um, and the only, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest impacts I remember is coming home and going to college up in, in Sheridan. That was right when the, like, the invasion of Iraq started, and so I, I saw that side of it. Oh. But I never yeah. saw you know, the um, videos or anything like that of, of what was actually happening. So what happened? That United States was under attack. We didn't wow. know by who. We didn't know if it was terrorist or if it was, you know, an army. Um, we just they sent us to our apartment. We read our scriptures and watched explosions and <laughs> went back. Yeah, to well, it. yeah. And c compared to the the you know attacks that were going on all around you, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was my first mm -hmm. September there too. The next, you know, next September, September they had more attacks and we got tear gassed and all that fun stuff. But 
It was, wow. I don't know, it, looking back, yeah, I was never scared. I was never afraid. I would have to go to war. It was just, uh, and, and again, I think that's part of being a missionary. I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. So when I left on my mission, it was the end of 1999. And I don't remember, was it you, John, or Sam, that said to me there was all this talk about Y2K and how every, like, all the computers were going to shut down. And <clears throat> I think it was John said to me, uh, just be ready because when you're in Argentina, you know, all the computers are going to go down. So you're going to have to walk home or hitchhike home. You're just going to stay there forever. So if I, if that had happened during my mission, I probably would have cried and like, you know, thought I was in big trouble. I told but you I'd come down and get you, Joseph. I was just, I was just stay there. <laughs> Is that what it was? No, I, I just stay in your apartment. <laughs> I will come get you. Stay where you are. <laughs> A unique set of skills. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, that's really interesting, PJ. The the mission side yeah. of things, I I I've probably heard that before, but it was that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yes, so, it was. I don't I think, think that's everybody on the call. Is anything else anybody yeah. thought about or? Um, Joseph, are you going to share yours on this one or the next one? Oh, I don't know. I can share it real quick right now. Probably on this one, I, it, it, that's fine. So I was uh, not. I was home going to college at the University of Wyoming, and I remember I was in class that morning. And when I got out of class, I had an institute class. So I went to the, to the uh, institute there in Laramie. And when I wa- right when I walked in, the institute director was like, you guys need to come in here. And he had either a radio or TV on. I think it was just the radio. And they were broadcasting what was going on. And I was like, holy cow, I, I'm just going to go home. So I went home and turned on TV. And do you remember, Mom, had you heard about it before I got home? Or was I, did I get home and say, I, hey, do you know what's going on? I think you had heard about it. And, you, and, and we just yeah, started watching we TV. Watching. Yeah. But... I just, I remember thinking, wow, this is really, really serious. I mean, at first, like I said before, I thought maybe it was just an accident. I was kind of hoping, I mean, that it was just somebody that got, you know, some weird thing happened and they just crashed in the tower. But I remember um, watching the TV um, as they announced the breaking news that a second plane had hit the towers. And I remember watching as the first tower collapsed and went down. Wow. and then also shortly thereafter the second, and I was just thinking to myself, this is crazy. I mean, those are huge buildings and they had video of like the white dust and smoke and stuff going through the mm-hmm. streets. At that point, I mean, it didn't really, um, the, the idea of the first responders, the firefighters and other people who were trying to get help, get people out, wasn't as, you know, as vivid. But I think about that quite a lot now, you know, yeah. how scary that would be. And I mean, I, here in Lovell, you know, the, the biggest building we'd go in would just be like a, a little commercial building or something. But to go into like a high-rise building with gear on and, and do that, it, that would well, be terrifying. Well, a lot terrifying. of guys lost their lives. A lot of them lost yeah. their lives trying to save yeah, other people. At, at the fire department here, we actually have an American flag that lists all the names of the first responders that were that were killed on 9-11. Every once in a while, just kind of look at that and it's, it's pretty amazing. It's a sad, sad deal. Joseph, but, can you just talk for a second about because none of none of the rest of us do anything <clears throat> close to that. But like, what is it that goes through someone's head when you're rushing? Because because you've run into situations before that were pretty uh, dangerous, I would say. Um, some training, but some real. Like, is there ever a place? Is there a time you're like, no, nah, I'm just gonna stop. I'm just gonna. I mean, you, you yeah. think about these guys, and and obviously it's different than running into a giant skyscraper that has been hit by a a plane, mm-hmm. but like. I, I just, I think about that sometimes. What, 
how many of these guys were just like, I mean, did any of them just say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It's too dangerous. I mean, that's the training you get is, is if they tell you in like fire school, if you're ever in a situation, you think, you know what, my life is definitely in danger here. They say you should stop and you should, you should disobey command if that's the case. I think, and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert in terms of what that whole situation would have been like, but I do think that everybody who went in there probably thought these buildings are, are designed, architecturally designed for earthquakes and for, for major things. All, so, so I'm probably going to be okay. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to get as many people out as they can. And they probably didn't. And they may have thought, you know, there's a possibility this building is going to come down, but most likely it's not. Um, yeah. Because, you know, otherwise you're just, you're just suicidal, right? I mean, uh, but in terms of kind of my own experience, I've, I've gone into fully burning houses um, with, you know, we, we try and, so we try and do it as safely as possible. So we'll set up a fan, like in a house fire, we'll, we'll set up a fan on a side of the building that's away from where the fire is burning. And we, we set up what's called positive pressure and we blow air through the house and break a window or open a door if it's safe to do that, where the fire's at. So we blow the fire back on itself and it basically gets all the smoke out of the house. So in most cases, um, in, and in every case that I've ever gone into a house, that's burning it's not like black and full of smoke I and mean, it's dark cause the power's off, but, but you can at least see with your flashlight. Um, and we try and do that as safely as possible. So the conditions they were dealing with, I mean, I've never even dealt with that and, and I can't even imagine what that would have been like. You and know, we do, we do everything I, we can be as safe as possible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's real courage, right? That's, that's real oh, man, character yeah. and courage. I mean, the, the, none of us have ever even probably confronted, but I just looked up the numbers, like 412 uh, emergency workers first responded, uh, first responders died, 343 firefighters. I mean, you're, you're talking 343 firefighters ran into those buildings and, and, and died <clears throat> in those buildings. Just, you know, that, that level of sacrifice is, is really uh, amazing. And, and uh, so anyway, yeah, Sorry, for sure. just hadn't really thought a whole lot about that, but it's it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, they've created a, a couple at least. We've watched a movie that that um, was kind of depicted the scene, and it's if you if you haven't watched it, you should go check it out. It's probably what's worth watching. I can't remember. What it was. I think it's just called Nine Eleven or or something like that. But it, it shows people that got trapped in the in the bottom areas, and some of them got out, and some some of them didn't. So pretty amazing and pretty scary. I mean, but, but yeah, a, a pretty, you know, do you think uh, that they could ever do that again to us? Do you think that that would ever, ever happen again on that, that scale of, I don't think in that way, probably, but, but you never know. I mean, I, I think it's possible and certainly it would be, it would be more difficult today than it was back then. But I, I do think, you know, if there was, there's a mindset to do it it's possible a possibility i guess i don't know what do you guys think i think there's evil out there and and like you said i don't know if they could do it in the same way but i think you know they'll where they will try and and we'll we'll see i mean you just have to kind of you can't uh, i don't think you don't we have a whole we have a whole agency that their job is to to find terrorists don't we I think so. Yeah, I, I, th I think we upped our. I think we upped our sort of capacity post nine eleven uh, to 
you know, but we've always, I mean, this isn't the first terrorist attack. I mean, there was the Oklahoma City bombing. Now, that was not foreign terrorists, but I mean, their terrorism has been around. It's not like that was yeah. the first time something like that happened. And, and uh, yeah, but, um, you know. Well, I remember when dad so, said, oh, uh, Osama, bin so, Laden. So, Osama bin Laden. I had never heard that name before. And I'm sure it was all yeah. over the news and, you know, you know, people were talking about it. Dad knew who Osama bin Laden was, but yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't really think about these things or, you know, get involved in these things unless it's right in your face. And I think, yeah. I think with cell phones, you know, people do know more about what's going on. And yeah. if there were any type of terrorist attack, we'd know within seconds. Yeah. Right. I guess we kind of did back yeah. then too, but it was just different. It took me a year and a half to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody. Yeah, we got to, we'll, we'll jump to the younger generation of, uh, here, here kind of their perspective on it. So yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what they have to say. So Joseph, anyway. are you, are you going to tell, are you going to tell us that you love us? Uh, you can do it, Sam. I don't take that from you. <laughs> you just don't love us. <laughs> Say it, Joseph. Say you love no, us. No, it's fine, Tim. You do it's it. It's weird. <laughs> love you guys. Love you, Joseph. Love you guys. Bye. 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 Okay. Last time we kind of went from the oldest to youngest, but I think I want to start with you, Cody, if we can. Um, okay. You were kind of a little kid at that time, so, so tell us what you can remember or, or just kind of what you, whatever you want to say about it. Yeah, I, I don't remember a whole lot from that that day or or even i don't think i really understood what was going on um but i remember that we were sitting in i was in kindergarten um and i remember my principal coming on the speaker um and saying something along the lines of um there's been an attack uh, or, or something, maybe not that specific even, but just, um, we need to, I, I don't know exactly what she said, but then we turned on the TV and started watching the footage of what was happening. Uh, and I think we went into lockdown as a school. If I remember correctly, um, they had us to where our parents couldn't come pick us up and we locked doors and closed blinds and kind of went behind my teacher's desk and just watched the footage. That's all I remember. So, so they had the footage of like the planes crashing into the buildings and, and everything. I mean, there was, it was pretty vivid in the news about what yeah. was going on. Yeah. And, yeah. And can you remember that? Do you remember like what you thought or felt about it or anything? Like, I, I think I was so young. I didn't, realize what was going on i think i was like excited that we were because it felt like almost like the drills we would do i mean uh, i i was just like oh we're gonna we don't have to do school honestly that was <laughs> i don't remember being scared at all um i just remember being like oh this is new we don't have to do school and and even when i got home i don't think anyone directly in our family was affected by it that I, that I remember. I mean, I don't know of anyone. And so I don't think it hit me super hard. I just didn't understand. But so kind of your whole life, uh, we talked a little bit with the, with the last group about kind of the changes in like security measures at airports and, and 
you know, just the mentality in general about the United States society in terms of safety and terrorism, that it really changed pretty dramatically after that. But for you, Cody, it's, that's just kind of been what you've known always, right? I mean, yeah, I don't remember a time going through airport security where it wasn't. I mean, I feel like it's more lenient now than I it ever was growing up that I remember. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were there when we would go to the the terminals and and see the missionaries, cause, but you were like a baby at that time, or, or really. Small. Oh yeah, I don't I don't remember that part. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So and, I mean, and knowing. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like <clears throat> national security in general, I remember that was a, a hot topic in, in classrooms growing up, just how national security has changed and um, international security, like going mm-hmm. to different places and then coming back to the United States has changed a lot compared to what it was before. And and again, it's all I've ever known, but it, it would have been interesting to see the difference you know to me it's just always been this very strict um i don't know aspect of of traveling is is airport security and um at the what is it called when you go somewhere and then you oh when you make claims for things like uh customs customs yes customs that's I, I don't know if that wasn't strict before, but I've always known it to be super strict. Yeah, I mean, I think they always were kind of aware and, and vigilant about, like, trying to go through bags. When we talk about our trip to Mexico, they were checking bags then. But, hmm. but yeah, it's, it's certainly a lot more, more strict now, I'd say. Um, I had a thought for you, just since your husband, Eden, um, I mean, he's, he was born in, um, in uh, help me out, Brazil, thanks, yep. Does he, are you guys close to the same age or, or is he um, older Eden than is, you? Or? Eden is 30, he'll be 31 this year. So he's about six years older than I am. So have you ever talked to him about like that day? Does he have, because he, he was probably living in Florida at that time, I'm guessing, right? Uh, Eden, were you in the U.S. when the Twin Towers went down? Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was living here. You were living in Florida. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was living in Florida. What do you remember of that? Didn't he have a big Al Qaeda beard at that time? When he was ten, <laughs> he was yeah. ten. Yeah, no, probably. Did not. he have a big Al Qaeda dre- beard? A dress up one. You're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, <seriously. laughs> no, he did not. No, I. That's okay. I mean, I, I, no, I thought I'm, maybe I'm, I'm definitely cutting that out. So okay. <laughs> that was... Well, anything else you can think of? I mean, in terms of just effects on on your life or anything like that i mean he's kind of covered it i think but no i i don't think so pretty good i think i think for a while there i i remember like this nationwide fear of muslims or or people that wore headdresses i i distinctly remember that and um a lot of prejudices that came from that um and it was interesting seeing now how, like, like, I don't know, there's, there's been a shift where I feel like we're more understanding and we're, we're more knowledgeable about that, that all Muslims aren't bad and all, what, what, what religion is, is it, it's Muslim, right? Yeah. Um, that sounds right, I think. Yeah. yeah and but it, I mean, 
yeah, there certainly was a phobia for, you know, and, and a stigma against people that might have had the look of the, the people who, who carried out the terrorist attacks. So, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting yeah. perspective. It's definitely an interesting thought. I remember it, yep. But, yeah, yeah we're, we're, I would say we're definitely healing as a country yep. and trying to kind of become more um, aware and just and just appropriate in that way. So Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, interesting. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. Nathan, let's let's shift to you. Um, tell us kind of where you were and, and what you remember and, and anything else you can share. All right. Um, so I was a sophomore in high school in 2001. Um, and honestly, I the day it happened, I don't remember much about seeing much about it. Like, honestly... I remember being in like, I want to say the hallway or something outside of the gym. And I was going into gym. I had gym in the morning and I saw on the TV, they were showing footage of one of the planes crashing into one of the towers. And I was just like, whoa, that's crazy. But I thought it was like one of those like Ripley's Believe It or Not shows or just something where it shows like these disasters Mm -hmm. that had already occurred. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Wow. That's pretty unfortunate. And then I go into gym and, you know, I, I don't remember people talking about it a lot. I didn't watch it. Like, you know, I, I heard people that, you know, the high schools or the elementary schools would like, were just like shut down. Everybody was just sitting and watching instead of doing school. Like I remember it being a pretty normal day for me. And I'm not sure why that was like, I don't know if just the teachers I had were trying to kind of keep normalcy going or I might've had choir twice, twice that day. And I, Sandy Steele always had the, uh, you know, her, her policy was she didn't care if Jesus himself came into the room, the, the, the class was going to continue. <laughs> so she certainly didn't watch it. No, uh, but again, like, I remember that as a direct quote, but yeah, maybe the, <laughs> the gist of it. I oh, she, she quoted it to us. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I, to me, it seemed like a normal day. It was, you know, days after it was kind of when things started to happen or maybe even when I got home and talked to mom and dad about it and realized what a big deal it was and how, I guess impactful it would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the time, the day of, I just, it was kind of just a normal day for me. And and that's, I guess says a lot about where we lived. You know, we lived in a place where you don't have to worry about getting bombed or you don't have to worry about people coming in and hurting you or killing your family. Um, we get to be safe. You know, we got to have to, you know, go to bed, not worrying about those things. And it certainly, I think changed a lot of people's minds about, those kinds of fears because it was the first time as far as I understand that there's been a foreign attack on American soil uh, besides like the revolutionary war. But um, yeah, I mean, I just certainly, I think it made airports more unpleasant for me since my first name is era, which I think is like probably one of the names of the people who are on the plane. But so thanks dad. Uh, Mm -hmm. No, I always get stopped at airports every time and I'm always the one they pull pull out and like I have to go through my luggage and go through the machine that makes you look at, you know, they look at you naked and so, but that's, again. Yeah, we, we uh, Dad, what's your name for that machine? The Nakinator? Nakinator. Nakinator, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I refuse to let them view my body parts, so. Well, Dad, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Nathan. Mom shared a little experience with that too. We'll, we'll yeah, it was, I was, I was, I was there too. That will Cooler, refuse. Um, at the time, it, you know, I, that day of, it didn't really, really even impact me that much, but as it went on, I certainly was more impacted. And, uh, I went to New York to visit in 2009 and we actually got to go to ground zero and kind of see 
that area and kind of hear about the first responders. So that was really cool. And I remember a lot of that and, and kind of just remember how impactful that was being at the site. Um, so yeah, that was really cool and just a very somber time to, to remember and see the people that gave their lives helping others, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. And with the last group, I shared a little bit about just kind of some of the experiences that I've had, certainly not on that level, but just in, in going into situations as a fireman. And um, so you can catch some of that, I guess, in the last one. But it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing what they did. Honestly, it's, it's truly amazing that they were brave enough and willing enough to go try and save others and ultimately making their, their little, a sacrifice of their life for it. So pretty, pretty amazing sure. stuff. But that's about all I have. I, Anything no, else, Nick? No, that's about it. Okay. Dad, let's go to you. I, uh, uh, where, where were you and, and tell us some of your, your reaction to it. Well, first of all, as you were talking about, you know, attacks on, on the U S soil. I remember when I was a little child, <clears throat> my parents talking about the attack on December 7th, 1942, I think it was at Pearl Harbor and how oh, yeah. they went from uh, a sense of security and safety to where they were absolutely in terror of being attacked by the Japanese in mainland United States. And I remember even as a little boy, as an airplane would be flying over Blanding, Utah, I'd look up and I would just, my heart would start racing because I was thinking if there's a red zero, a red dot on these wings, they're gonna bomb Blanding. And it was really scary for me as a little kid because that was the first time I think that the United States had gone from you know a sense of of a place where we are safe to a place where we are unsafe. Now, let, let me go back now to September 11th, 2001. I was home. I got a call from, I think one of my kids said, turn on the TV. One of the Twin Towers in New York has just been hit by an airplane. So I turned it, it on. Probably John. Could have been. And, he was, and he was then, telling us that his first response or his first reaction was to call you and talk to you about it. So I, I'm, I'm betting okay. it was John that called you. So I got, we turned on the TV. We, we saw the building, you know, and uh, the, it was smoking. And I thought some, someone just got, you know, too low out of one of the airports out of New York and crashed into one of the Twin Towers. But then as I was watching TV, we saw a second plane go into, and we saw the plane go in and explode in the second Twin Tower. And then I knew something was wrong because the news saying, you know, we're under attack. And so I jumped in my car, went to City Hall. And uh, when I got there, I'd learned that also there was a um, airplane that had hit the Pentagon. There was an airplane that was down in one of the fields, uh, in a field in Pennsylvania that they uh, later on, I think, speculated was either going for the U.S. Capitol or maybe the White House. And uh, when I got to City Hall, we gathered together what we called our emergency response or emergency preparedness group or team. And I was chair of that group. And we met in the jury room in the basement. And as we met in that room, I remember I sat down with everybody around the table. And then I called the meeting to order. I just, I think all I said was, because of the loss of lives in the Twin Towers, because that had already happened, I said, we're going to lower all the flags in the city to half-mast. And then I turned the meeting over to our incident commander, 
And Joseph, you, you know all about incident commanders. They're the ones that mm-hmm. take care of any emergency that happens. At the time, yeah. our police chief, Dave O'Malley, was the incident commander. And so he took over the meeting. Basically, all I remember that he did is he ordered a lockdown of City Hall, a lockdown of the police station, and then we just sat, you know, talking about what our steps would be if by any chance that there was any kind of of uh, this spilling over into um, Denver, Cheyenne, Laramie, Wyoming, or anything like that, what, what our response then would be. But we just kind of sat around and waited for a while. Um, I remember that nationally, all... Were you yeah, we like had watching news footage at the time? We, we had, kind of we had a TV down there, and we were watching, uh, you know, the the national news because we were told that all flights had been canceled, both commercial and private. The only airplanes that would be permitted in the skies would be military airplanes, and then that that uh, um, canceling flights lasted for two or three days. There was no flights anywhere going right. up or anywhere in the United States. Well, anyway. Chief O'Malley told our team that we were to stay in the basement of the city hall because that was kind of a bomb shelter. Kind of like, you know, we were the, <laughs> we were the brains of how to survive this disaster of a hit Laramie. Well, I, I hung around for a little bit and then told him I was going home. So I, I went <laughs> home because I, if anything happened, I wanted to be with my family, you know, as that happened. So, but I, I remember thinking then that the United States, Wyoming, Laramie, my home, my family may never feel a sense of peace and protection from terrorist attacks ever again. And that really concerned me because it was a totally different feeling than, than I had just the day before. And then I remember that feeling didn't go away right away. And it wasn't until October conference when President Gordon B. Hinckley told us uh, in his talk that this tragedy would pass and that normalcy would re- would re- return to our nation. And that was probably the first sense I had that we're going to be okay. And mm-hmm. then I think that there was a real national uh, sense of backing George Bush as he said, you know, they have, you know, they have attacked us and they're going to hear from us. And that's when we, we went over to Iraq and Iran or Iran, Iraq and started the war over there, the Gulf War. Well, anyway, right. that was, I, re- I remember, you know, having a sense of responsibility, not only for the community, but also a sense of responsibility for my family and a great fear, you know, that the United States is is so vulnerable where we never thought that they were as vulnerable as they are now, as they, you know, before as they are t- today and, and then. So, yeah, I'm, I mentioned to you, Dad, that John uh, said that his first kind of his gut reaction was to just call you. Well, he said when he called you, um, he told you what was going on and that you like just point blank were just like, yeah, that's, it's terrorist. It's Osama bin Laden. <laughs> like, yeah. like you had knowledge about what was going on and he, he thought that was pretty yeah. amazing and, and uh, kind of like a direct line to president Bush. So do you remember <laughs> that? I mean, did, did you have, well, what, what made you they, say that? Yeah. You know, th- there was, this was uh, kind of a paranoia that they had because of, of uh, friction that's always been going on in the Middle East. And Osama bin Laden had gone from an ally to an enemy, and uh, they were starting to, you know, look to him as being somebody that was going to stir up some problems, which he, you know, obviously 
we we still believe that he was and so he was you know public enemy number one and they went after him but there's a you know i i i believe this you know the the conflict that there has been going on between the arabs or palestinians or whatever the people in the middle east and israel is five thousand years old and it will continue until the millennium we're not going to get that part of it fixed it's just a sign of the times as we prepare you know, for the second coming, it's just, you know, something that we're going to have to deal with. I think the only security we have from what I read is there's going to be some security in uh, Zion or in the, you know, the mountain states, but there's going to be a continual problem for, for the world, for the United States and for others as we move closer and closer to the second coming and Armageddon or whatever else is coming along. Yeah, that's really interesting, Dad. And what a, what a unique perspective you had as like the, the mayor of the town and emergency response yeah. team, you know, chair. And so, yeah, it's, that's pretty crazy, pretty interesting. Yeah, not um, that I did anything, you know, because really, you feel helpless. I remember the, mm-hmm. thinking the right thing to do is to honor those that have died, and then to put together, you know, the the sequence of who's in charge to deal with whatever disasters affects directly the city of Laramie. And that's when mm-hmm. we, you know, the people that are trained to do it are the people that, that you know, that you are familiar with. It's called the incident commanders. So mm-hmm. as any disaster comes, they're the ones that are in charge of, you know, cutting through all the, the red tape and giving assignments on who needs to do what and how to, you know, to, keep everybody working on the same in the same direction yeah it's it's fortunate that that didn't really bleed over much at all i guess into you know directly in terms of attacks or anything like that into our community or you know more more close than than where it happened but cool interesting well we we feel we probably feel safe until it's you know it hits us directly and this is probably as direct as we We'll probably ever experience in our life, but that's well, what they thought. Pearl Harbor, probably, yeah. Yeah, my parents probably thought they were safe until all of a sudden, you know. And then President uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was president at the time, gets on the radio the very next day and he says, "This day will go down in infamy," you know, mm-hmm. as, as one of the greatest historical moments of our country. September, yeah, December the seventh the day right. Pearl Harbor was attacked by Japan. No one expected it from Japan. They were expecting it from the war going on in Europe with Germany and that, but they never thought, you know, they knew they were having problems with Japan, but they were mad about us holding back their oil and and, and also all the natural products that they needed to fight their war against China. And yeah. then they, you know, said, we might as well ally with Russia not Russia, but with Germany, and you know, when it's all done, then yes. we'll... anyway, that's that's you know how Satan has worked with you know wars and terror and mm-hmm. all the atrocities and the things like that. But I, I you know, we have we have really had a, a, a whole different perspective now that we work with terrorists because they fight a different fight than they did when. You know, World War One, World War Two. It's just a totally different fight now. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's there's no 
it's yeah, you're right. It's just totally different. So, Nathan or, or Cody, anything else you guys thought about or want to add before we um, sign off for tonight? I don't think anything for no, me. No, not really. Um, I mean, it's it's a, I guess monumental. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's certainly a big part of our history. And yeah. to have lived through it is is I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing you know you hear about all these historical facts and these things that happen in history and, and you learn about them and you get to gain knowledge about them but it's a totally different thing to have lived through that to see mm-hmm. it affect your life firsthand and and see uh eventually you know come to know people who were affected directly or had uh family or friends that were directed effectively it's 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 a different kind of experience i guess yeah I think that's kind of part of why we want to do this, just to kind of put it into the, the, the record, I guess, and record it and go back and listen to it later, hopefully with the kids and as we, as we go on in life. So anyway, thanks guys for sharing. And, and uh, I'm kind of sad we couldn't hear from Cass or Kristen or Kevin, but hopefully we'll catch up with them on the next one. But um, Hey, real quick, real quick before everybody signs off. Thanks for doing it. It's always fun. It was fun to listen to yeah. sort of insights and Cody, I appreciated your points about sort of that sort of fear of Muslims that happened after that. And, and, yeah. we, oh, yeah. you know, we're not entirely moved away from that, but I think it was a, a good point to make. I think that was a part of this story that I think could have been forgotten. So I'm glad you, glad you pointed yeah, that nobody out. Nobody had brought that up. And, because, and Nathan, oh. Nathan, mm-hmm. you're just hilarious. Oh, Sam. <laughs> you know, I had a really hard time staying quiet a couple of times because I wanted to like, you know, join in. <laughs> it's the Sandy Steele thing. Probably I may keep that. I may not keep that. You're like, no, that was a great quote from her. She said, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if Jesus himself comes through the door. We ain't stopping practice. That's not what Sandy Steele sounded That's what like. She said. Yeah, no, she had a That's southern. I remember her. Yeah. Oh. You know, we've made um, progress. Deep southern in, we've made progress in the United States because after the attack on Pearl Harbor, we had uh, yeah, intense internment camps. We sent a bunch of Japanese Even, people. Yeah. Here yeah, in Wyoming terrible. and all over, we didn't do the internment camps for Islam or Muslims yeah. or for the people, you know, Arab, Arab extraction. I think that shows that the United States is making some progress. Yeah, and I'm not sure right. we got. I'm not sure we got it right on who we identified were directly involved with the <laughs> attack on the twin towers and on all that but i'm sure that uh you know that some of the bad actors were identified and found but it's just a, a whole different way of uh you know looking at our safety and security than we had 20 20 over well, 20 years ago when it happened but yeah, Dad, years you know, ago. your point about a plane flight, and I made this point when, when I was on the other one, uh, you know, we grew up during the Cold War, and I remember having a real yeah. fear, like deep fear of nuclear war, and thinking that yeah. seeing, seeing planes fly over, Dad, and thinking, oh, Adam yeah, bomb. That, yeah. it's going to drop a bomb, drop. and we're, we're going to be just eviscerated yeah. in a second, and so I think yeah, that, we'll be like you know, Hiroshima yeah, yeah. and Nagasaki, just a big flash of light, and we'll be burned. Yeah, so, yeah. anyway. Well, when I feel like I feel like, hold on, this made me think of something. I feel like I don't have that fear for my children at all, but I have a fear now that they're going to create some super virus that knocks out. Like, that's that's my fear because it's a very yeah, real thing. 
and it's just a different yeah it's a different type way of war now it's yeah, more yeah. sophisticated yeah yeah that, that's pretty interesting mom asked do you think they could ever happen again and it would have been a really valid point to say you know probably not uh, we said probably not in that way but i think yep. what you're saying about you know chemical warfare or even just yep. like digital warfare that's, yeah. that's probably the next wave you know yeah anyway love you guys and love you too all right so as i record this episode our country's in the middle of another uh, historic crisis with the covid19 coronavirus um, pandemic that we're in the middle of right now. Interesting that Cody mentioned uh, a super virus or something like that. Um, but just like 9/11, I you know I think we'll get through this and and um, maybe we'll do a podcast where we talk about our experiences being quarantined and social distancing and stay-at-home orders uh, at another time.